And hello, everybody. Welcome on back to the Cadillac Ranch with HT Waterworth. How y'all doing today? Start of a new week. We got sports coming up. Holy, holy. I mean, we had some sports, and that's why I'm kind of bringing you guys in here right now. I'm bringing in one of my really good friends, Daniel Guzman. He has worked everywhere in the soccer world and in the athletics. And he's my age. He's 30 years old. Um, he's done a lot, so um, I'm very proud of him. I want you guys to get his insight with everything going on right now, um, and I want you to get to know him more. Uh, again, here, Daniel Guzman. All right, my next guest is actually a pretty important person that you probably never heard before because he's behind the scenes. He's a, a good friend of mine. He was in my wedding. Daniel Guzman is the head co performance coach at a Los Angeles football club which is a soccer team for the Major League Soccer. Uh, last year, LAFC broke a single season record with the most points in a regular season. Previously, he was the head strength and conditioning coach for the U.S. men's national team. Yeah, the, the, the real thing, people, and the LA Galaxy. Right now, though, we're going to pinpoint he has Guzman performance, which he prepares athletes on all levels. To their highest potential he trains youth to pro athletes virtually during the quarantine we'll get into that daniel i had to, i had to tell you who you are because i think you're big time for me man this is big time for my podcast so thanks for coming on thanks man i mean what people really need to know is that you were my first friend in my entire life in morro bay and you pushed me off the swing and i got back up and we were still best friends since then so it's been a long time yes it has man I was a dick, wasn't I? Uh, I was soft. That's all it was. <laughs> so I toughened you up. I prepared you. Exactly. I always attribute it back to you. That, oh, man. That means... Man, thank you. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, so we're going to go deep into this. Right now, you're in, you're in Florida. You're in the MLS bubble for this... Uh, for this uh, tournament that's going on. How about you explain that, what's going on over there? Um, yeah. Yeah, so obviously a lot of sports, and pretty much all sports in the U.S. as a starting point, were suspended uh, as COVID is going on and people are figuring it out and can we actually play sports again, what, what all that looks like. So from uh, the soccer world, uh, they started to figure out maybe we can send these teams down in what they call the bubble, which it's just – players, coaches, uh, some staff, and then, of course, there's some MLS staff here. And so the idea started that, oh, Florida has their ESPN set up, their fields, and if they go down to Disney World, they can make this happen. So it's been a long time coming. I think they ironed out uh, a lot of challenges and answered a lot of questions. So I'm in the bubble. And what does that mean? It means that uh, I'm uh, one team here of 26 teams. We're all here and we have our different floors and there's two different hotels and, uh, you know, it's kind of like a resort. So there's a beach for volleyball and there's different games and stuff. So you're not just stuck in the hotel room, but pretty much you don't leave the hotel unless you're going to training or to a game, just three minutes away. There's a bunch of fields there. So uh, it's funny. Sometimes we'll be training and there'll be a game going on at the same time because we train at night, but you can train in the morning and at night, every meal serves for you. Um, 
Yeah, man, it's, it's as bubbly as it can get. So uh, no one else is allowed in. We do COVID testing every other day, it seems like. So we get a nice little nasal swab in there, uh, check out what's going on. And then we go from there. I think I've done about 23 or 24 COVID tests. So definitely thankful that uh, I'm staying healthy, but it's all for precautions and to keep everyone safe. So how is it? You guys all, I know all teams came in at different times and whatever, but once you started going, like, do you guys look at each other? Like, this is insane. Like, you know, what's funny is that like the first few days you're trying to fill it out because you wear a mask everywhere you go. And it's funny. Like when you get on the elevator, there's other teams on different floors. So sometimes like I'm on floor 11 and you'll get down to like floor six and it'll open up and there'll be like three guys from other team. You just kind of look at each other, awkward silence. And people, there's like this unwritten rule where like you don't intermix with teams. So you're just kind of like really awkwardly and then go back down. But if you see someone in the hallway, you're wearing a mask, you know, you chat it up a little bit, but for the most part, everyone's kind of staying to themselves, but there is this sense of like walking around, like, like, can I talk to you? We've been in our houses for so long and now we're in this bubble and everyone's supposed to be safe. So it is a little weird, but I think it's working out okay so far. Man, I would, if I were you, I would just be taunting every time I would go past the team. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you are. Yeah. I know you. You like to talk smack a little bit, so that would make sense. I mean, it's just like, I could just tell them and be like, yeah, nice goal yesterday. <laughs> I don't know. So I just, I just, or I got a lot go. of buddies in other teams, so there's some fair smack talk that goes around. That's uh, awesome. It's all good fun. Um, going into this uh, tournament and everything, um, how was condition? I mean, that's your job with quarantine. Um, you were mostly doing virtual, even with your players, right? Up to a yeah. Certain point. So uh, when it first happened, we were told it'd be two weeks. No one can go to the facility, and of course, two weeks turned into about twelve. So it took a long time, and what we had to audible to real quick is think about okay, uh, number one, do the players feel safe? Before I give out any strength conditioning work, uh, it's all about managing stress. And so if the guys are emotionally and mentally not doing well, I'm not going to say, hey, her go, go ahead and work out and let's try and develop these physical capacities. So we try to make sure that, like, the human of who they are is okay first. Like, how is your family? How are you doing? Uh, we don't even know the virus, like, what it can be. How are you right. dealing with that? So we start with that. But, of course, like, exercise is good for them and trying to figure out where they live. Can they go outside? Some guys live in downtown LA. Maybe there wasn't as many opportunities to go outside. Right. And so it was a lot of this. It was a lot of virtual meetups and hangouts, FaceTime, whatever it could be. And I would send out a program to the team and say, uh, if you're able to go to a park where you can distance from people and it's not crowded, here's your running today. And so they'd have uh, three different running sessions they'd have. And it'd be like day one, this day two, this day three, this. And one of our biggest goals, I mean, you're a huge American football fan, right? Yeah. So uh, in the NFL, like guys got to sprint and guys got to be quick and powerful. Mm-hmm. In soccer, obviously, it's more of a fluid game where you're constantly moving. Endurance. A lot of endurance, but uh, sprint work is so important to us. And so I said, if there's one thing we could do right, it was to keep up their sprint capacity. So their body could just be used to the feeling of sprinting at these higher speeds. Now, that's not always easy when uh, they don't have a park. Sometimes they're sprinting down a hallway in their condo. Sometimes they're sprinting in a parking garage. But eventually, 
they became okay with it because I said, guys, as long as you sprint, you know, of course there's different like force measures of are you sprinting on sand or are you sprinting on grass or concrete right. or whatever, but just sprint. Like let's keep those muscles happy and just sprint. So it was definitely something where, you know, if anyone said, OHT, oh, I had the answer to the, the quarantine special of how to train, I think they'd be lying because even myself, I was trying to figure it out as I went. Right. And I was always honest with my guys, like, look, like no one's ever done this before. We don't know the exact right way, but we have data on, you know, uh, how well your heart was conditioned in training and what was it exposed to and then sprinting what was that exposed to and we can kind of work backwards from there so it's kind of a fun puzzle too at the same time right. you know no challenging for you yeah definitely really challenging i mean especially doing so much facetime and zoom calls like that was also an overload of just seeing people on screen so it was also how can i connect without physically being there which right. is important um were you impressed or um shocked at the fact that then with all the athletes they're at home they're on their own time without going in having scheduled times to do things were you impressed that everybody stepped up and that you saw that like they were willing to try or was it hard to try to keep people on track how how was that aspect with your athletes i guess i'll start by saying for me personally it was hard to find a new routine uh, for me to work out. And so that helped me to realize like for these guys, you know, everyone thinks they're pro athletes, they get paid to do this, but like, I can't preach enough. They're humans first. Like they've got kids or wives or girlfriends and they're just regular people that get paid to do amazing things on a field. So I try to think about that and to think, okay, if I'm struggling with final routine, they might struggle as well. So sometimes it was, okay, guys, we're going to set up a yoga mobility session at 10 30 AM on this day. If you can make it great, if you can't, like if you're sleeping till 11 p.m., 11 a.m. some days, that's fine. So it was helpful to have some grace for them and just say like, it's going to be weird. Um, sometimes I would have, you know, one of our guys, Brian Rodriguez, he's like, hey, I'm going to work out at 10.30 p.m. He's a night owl. And, you know, with kids, I ended up going to bed around 9.30. And so I was like, hey, man, 10.30, I'll meet you there. Like FaceTime. Hey, sorry there, guys. Uh, we had a little technical difficulties, um, but I'm going to take this little um, break in the interview that we had because of um, my computer going down. Talk about a hat tack. Um, I know I've been saying it, guys. It's awesome. It's a great way to uh, it's a hat tack. Hat tack is a um, a way for you to hang up your hats on the wall on any surface and any design. It makes it look good. Um, a, key, a good way to keep your hats safe. They're not on the ground getting smashed all the time by your kids like me. Um, check out their social on uh, Instagram and anywhere. Hat Tack. At Hat Tack. At H-A-T underscore T-A-C. Um, give them a look. And then when you go to checkout and the coupon part or whatever the discount. Cadillac Ranch Pod. C-A-D-I-L-L-A-C. R-A-N-C-H-P-O-D. One word. One word. Get your hat tack. Support your boy. And plus, it's just a great product. I mean, I have them everywhere. Got them at the front door in my room. Got one here in my studio with my Albert Pujols hat on it. So, um, yeah. Um, again, thank you for listening to this. Here's the second part of our interview. Well, everybody... If that was so abrupt, it was because my computer took a massive dump. Anyways, 
uh, <laughs> we're back with Daniel. Um, we're talking about MLS, talking about soccer, talking about everything. So um, we were just talking about how the crazy schedules that these guys have and how much motivation they have. And then we're going through uh, we're going through this pandemic. It's already weird and that. And then all uh, right in the middle of it all, we have social unrest with America, with uh, George Floyd's passing. Um, I saw um, a lot of MLS people are uh, athletes on social media showing their support or wearing Black Lives Matter shirts or what have you. Um, how about you tell us from the inside perspective about how MLS has uh, handled that situation and how your athletes are continuing to show support? Yeah, I mean, especially you got a virus going on and then um, something that needed to be brought to the light and a lot of things actually, you know, with Brianna Taylor as well. Yep. A lot of things have been brought to light, which has been good. The first thing I can say is that number one, uh, I'm proud of all of our guys that uh, have used their voice to uh, speak up for all the social injustices that they've seen, they've experienced, or that they want to get answers on. So I'm really proud of them for doing that. It's also, uh, for me personally, it's just been good to ask questions and uh, learn from them instead of saying like, oh, I'm going to post a black picture on my Instagram. Well, first thing I was going to do is ask questions. Hey, guys, what does this mean to you? Um, here's what it would mean to me. You know, how can I best go about educating myself? I think being Mexican-American in this time, um, I'm probably more fortunate that places that I've grown up, uh, I haven't seen social injustice as much as some of these other guys. And so it was good for me to ask questions. But I do remember growing up as a kid and my dad mowing the front lawn and someone saying, oh, how much do you pay your gardener right there? And be, me being like, that's my father. And then laughing and saying, no way. And I was like, oh, you can't live in a nice house because your dad's Mexican. So it was little stuff like that, but I didn't take it too personally. Um, I think at the rate that we're seeing stuff now where people are losing their lives, that they're being brutally abused, it's just not okay. So from the insider, what does that look like? Uh, there's been a, a good group started. Uh, I think it's called the Black Players Coalition. I hope I'm not butchering that, but it's been something that MLS has adopted and something that's been great to learn from our black players to see how they're bringing awareness, how they're uh, educating others and having, having everyone ask the right questions. Um, yes, people will see before the game, there's uh, a moment of silence where the guys will take a knee if they choose to and basically say, hey, we're all in this together. But I think it's important to know that it's so much more than just taking a knee. It's what these guys are doing beyond that and asking questions and uh, supporting protests or whatever it may be. And uh, as a father, I know you're a father as well, I think I'm hopeful to see what the future could be and hopeful that I can have tough conversations with my kids. I mean, I have babies now, but as they get older and say, here's what happened in 2020 and here's why it's important. And here's why the God that we love loves everyone. Yep. And so how do we actually bring this stuff to light? So uh, it's just been a cool thing to actually be part of history and see what's going on here. And also um, with some of my close black friends, ask them, how can I best support you guys? Because there's things that I'll never deal with. 
which is just that, but it's also things that I can use my small voice to whatever small part of the world that I'm in and say, Hey, here's what's right. Here's who we should stand up for. Uh, here's things that we shouldn't stand for. So I think all this stuff is really important. You, you nailed it on the head on that. It just same thing. I mean, the 805 is not diverse by any means, um, especially here in Los Osos and San Luis Obispo. Um, so I'm glad that there's a lot of people going on. I like hearing that there's a group starting and everything that, and that shows that there's promise that this is going to be something that keeps going forward. This is a narrative that we need. And I can't wait. I I'm hoping for the day that when our kids are older and they're talking to each other and they'll be like, can you believe our parents lived that way in 2020? Like they just, they took that long. Like I, I want them to be embarrassed a little bit about like how we didn't, why it yep. took so long. Cause I want it to be that much progress, you know? Yep. Sure. And that it starts here. So um, that was really cool to hear uh, hear that and everything. Um, I wanted to get into out of MLS. I remember you've always you've gotten a great um, track to get where you are now. I remember being at our at my wedding. We were in the barber shop. We're, we're all getting cut up. We're, we're watching some football, having laughs. And I'm like, you were training at, where were you training at the time? Uh, athletes performance. Now it's called Exos. Yeah. So he, he was working there and he just like, yeah, I got this client. Uh, I think he's going to do really good. I can't say his name. Da, 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 da. And then are you allowed to say it now? Can we say who it was? Yeah, I don't know if I'm remembering exactly who it was, but you Derek can Derek Rose. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Derek Rose, he came off this great couple of seasons, and then he started just getting injury, and you were working with him. You're like, I think he's going to come back, I, but I can't say anything. I can't say – and you told us, and like, bro, you're just out of – college. Were, were you still in college? No, you're right out of college. Yeah, it was about a little over a year out of college. Yeah. I'm just like, whatever, bro. Like, <laughs> it was crazy though, because so that, that moment I was an intern and when yeah. you get there, like they kind of fill you out for a few days and then they place you somewhere. And I just remember thinking like, cause at that point I hadn't worked with a lot of pro athletes. And so, uh, it was Derek Taj and there was a few other guys that were kind of from that bulls team and he was rehabbing. And, and like I, told you before about them being humans first uh yeah the, the main exos coach like hey work with these guys here's the program and of course it wasn't by myself but i was trying to get these guys to do certain things and say hey here's certain movements where you have to do it and at that point you get to become the authority and say i know exactly how to squat or i know how to bench or this like answer rotation exercise here's why we're doing it and so in the moment you almost forget who you're working with and you just focus on the person which maybe has helped me become a better coach because it's not about what they've done. It's about in that moment, can I help them achieve this goal so that they can be healthy? And then after, yeah, I'd go home and be like, I just worked with Derek Rose today and he's a really cool guy. You know, is this what, is this what working the pro athletes are like? So yeah, it was kind of fun to tell you guys, but I was also remember I was really scared. Like, I don't know if I can say anything. Yeah. I don't know if I'm allowed to, but I kind of want to. And then, eventually like that dies off so quick because you learn that these are like 
brothers and friends yeah. and fathers and sons. And you're just like, you're trying to help them do well in what their profession is. Mm-hmm. But I do remember that moment. Yeah. I was just like, that was so wild. I'm like, man, one of my best buddies growing up is working with freaking Derek Rose and I'm, I'm getting married that day. But like that was, <laughs> that blew my mind, even like what was going to go on anyways. Um, and then you went there to LA galaxy because they kind of, for lack of a better, they poached you, didn't they? Then they were like, we want you. And they yeah. took you from them. It's kind of a cool story. I was working. Go in for it. So I was an intern. I worked at the NFL Combine. And then there was this Galaxy 2 team, which is, to understand, it's like their Division 2 squad. It's in the USL. Um, it, it, like a, a minor league? Kind of, yeah, pretty much. So it was their first year, and they needed coaches to go. And I just remember, like, nobody really wanted to go. And I was like, dude, I'll, I'll go. I'll do this for free. Like, I love soccer. Love to work with these guys. And so I did it for a few weeks. And then eventually they're like, you know, we want you to be the guy doing this. And I think I got paid like minimum wage to do it, whatever it was. But I was just stoked. Like I'm actually working with a team and I get to design my own program. And then like two months go down the road and the head strength coach of the first team takes off. He had something planned and it wasn't an abrupt takeoff, but he was like, oh, I'm leaving. And so right away I was like to my boss, hey, like I'll, I'll apply. What do I got to do? And he was like, fair enough. He was like, hey, appreciate it. Appreciate the enthusiasm, but like, it's just not going to happen. You know, like we, like this is a big, a big deal. We need someone with a lot of experience. Well, the head coach from the second team went to the head coach of the first team, Bruce Arena, and basically like put out a good word and was saying, hey, like, I think he's a good coach. He's a good person. And I'm going to put myself on the line to say he's worth it. Oh, wow. And then, uh, which I didn't find out until like a year later. So super, super grateful to him. And then, yeah, got an opportunity and the rest is kind of history. So, uh, yeah, I couldn't tell anyone, if you want to get to this level, here's the path, except for the fact that I was willing, I was willing to serve and support uh, at any level, whether that was, I was an intern, I wanted to support the second team. I worked at the academy for a little bit. Um, I wasn't just waiting around for this big job because it never happens that way. Mm-mm. You have to be willing to show up and work with any level and gain the respect of those guys. And the cool thing is a lot of those guys eventually went to the first team or went to other pro teams. And so to be able for me to say, oh, I worked with that guy or for them to say, Hey, he, he actually gave me a lot of time when I was starting out as my career. It's just cool as we kind of all grew. So, uh, yeah, it was a good group of guys and it was just crazy the way it happened. That's awesome. And then you went from, Oh, just LA galaxy to there's a vacancy for the U S men's national team and oh i guess i'll just join that too because bruce he he got the job and he took you with him how how crazy was that dude that was uh <clears throat> number one it was humbling because obviously i had done a lot of work with bruce and i respected everything he had did and i loved working with him but uh he's got a long career and i didn't know who else he'd worked with and so um i was in palm desert it was the day after Thanksgiving and we were with uh, my wife's family and he called me and I thought he was just calling to check in. Cause at this point he'd kind of taken the job and he said um, that he had taken it, but he didn't mention anything about like me coming along. He was just saying that he had this job and whatnot. And uh, because it, that wasn't guaranteed. He didn't have to take his whole staff with him, Right. He took who he wanted. No, he could take whoever he wanted. Right. So uh, yeah, it just kind of worked out down the road that, 
they still needed that position and they wanted to make a good push. And so it wasn't until the new year that I was like, yeah, like I'd be interested in this. I want to go down this road and do this. So, uh, yeah, I was super thankful to them, uh, super thankful to Bruce and the staff. And it was just a crazy year to, to do that. I didn't have any kids yet. So traveling was a little bit easier with Lauren, but we basically traveled around different parts of the world. And, uh, you really like get tight knit as a family because sometimes you're in Honduras and there's police outside and you're not leaving your hotels to talk about some serious quarantine, but you're just with these group of guys and the, the players change, but the staff is always the same. And you go from camp to camp throughout the year. And it's kind of like a traveling band show and it's not easy. It's pretty difficult, but you just get so much growth out of it uh, as a person. And obviously as a team of stuff that you could experience being in Mexico city or being in Panama, just crazy places. And you kind of think like, how did I end up here? Um, and for me, it's just like God's story, you know? Yeah. I always said, wherever you put me, I'll serve. And this is something that he had just kind of opened the door and put on my heart. And I said, are you sure? And the funny thing is, Lauren in the past would say, I don't know if I'd ever want to do the national team because it's so much travel. And so I never thought it would happen. And it's crazy before this opportunity came up, she just said, like, I just been praying and I feel like, like I'd be okay with it. And as soon as I heard that, and then obviously the new year happened. Really? I was like, okay, God, God is good. Dude, God's good. So it's just a crazy experience to get there. And obviously it didn't end the way we wanted to. Right. But then like the next thing, LAFC, I get a call a week later um, from John Thornton saying, hey, would you have any interest in this? And I was like, yeah, of course. I mean, were they even a team yet? They were just starting up, right? They had uh, – I don't know how to put this. They had been a club without right. a team for a few right. years because you get the expansion bid. And they worked in the academy, and they had the 32-52, the best supporter group in the world, and so they were growing there. But there was no players. So when he called me, I think Carlos Vela might have been the only signing. Okay. And I was like, there's no players. There's one player. Uh, I know Bob's the coach, and obviously I worked with Bruce and now with Bob. Uh, just another great coach in the world. I thought, here's an opportunity to learn, and here's an opportunity for me to become better as a human, as a coach. Um, so I was like, okay, like, here's the next ride. Here's what we're going to do. Let's start from scratch with, with nothing. That's awesome. So <clears throat> let's jump on over to your personal business. I've been seeing your post. We talked about it a couple times. I'm very impressed with what you do. Showing, like, talk about sprints. You show the sprint drilled with the flags and everything. And I'm like, man, he's doing, he's being smart about how you're filming it and stuff like that. Um, and being in Long Beach, right? You're still in Long Beach? Bro, I moved from Long Beach to Huntington Beach, and now I'm in Orange. I moved more <laughs> inland for the family, so still in Orange County. Yeah. Okay, so you're in Orange. So you were lucky to be able to go outside. You have a driveway. You had your garage, but you were yeah. putting in work. So talk about Guzman's performance, and if somebody's listening to you right now, we can talk about that more at the end, uh, how to contact you and stuff like that if they really want, if they want your help. Yeah, I think what it's always, it's never been about having this other business. It's always been about the fact that when I was an athlete, um, I had some good people in my life to help me in this strength conditioning world. And uh, even going through college and having good mentors and stuff, I, I started learning about all this good information and I learned how to coach it, which is probably the most important part. Oh yeah. But then I'm learning that uh, on a lot of social media outlets, 
sometimes you just see the best of the best and you see, or you see exercises that look really cool. And what happens is I'd have my young kids, some of our academy kids or wherever, when I was at the Galaxy National Team LAFC, say, oh, look at this exercise, like, can we do this? And I started to realize that information was not getting filtered for these kids. And maybe they wouldn't get injured, but it wasn't going to make them better. You know, they see Alvin Kamara doing something yeah. with this barbell and it's kind of rotating and shaking. And although there is a place for that, they just see that and they're like, oh, I got to do that. And I'm thinking there's got to be a foundation that's got to be built. So the yeah. whole thing about Guzman performance was how can I actually bring solid information to kids, which is the most important part. And of course, the pro athletes, uh, they still see stuff as well. And so how can I bring this virtually? And obviously with the pandemic and the truth is I work in pro sports, you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, my mentor one time, he worked for the Boston Red Sox. They won the World Series. And he was fired before the next season, just because new ownership. Mm-hmm. And so you never quite know what's going to happen. So there is a part of it about coach health and taking care of my family. And, you know, if I'm going to put work into it, is there a way to support my family financially? But the heart of it is how can I bring people the best information and the best coaching? The thing is, there's a lot of good coaches out there. It's not like I'm the first one to do this. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of value to reach out to these kids that are 10, 11, 12, 13, all the way up to high school to say, hey, here's some things that you probably should be doing so that if you make it to college to play there, you're a little bit more prepared. Or if you go from college to the pros, you're a little bit more prepared. You don't do what I did. I got a program one time in college, and it was a good program. But me, as you know me, I'm competitive. I thought, I'm just going to double everything they say. I'm going to double the reps. I'm going to double you the would. sets. <laughs> and it, like, I thought it was this great idea. And what happened is I got a stress fracture in my tibia, and I ended up missing like eight weeks, and it put me behind. And I didn't realize that until after I graduated college, and I was like, oh, here's what SNC could be. But like, I was just so dumb that I was like, I'm going to do double, double extra overload. Right. I got injured. So if I can prevent that from happening for certain kids, I can't prevent all these injuries that are happening, but at least I can guide them the right way and say, hey, we can prevent overuse injuries by smart coaching, smart programming. Uh, of course, some of this has bled into, you know, you know, Michael and Jordan and Erica, my brother and sister. And now they're like, oh, can, my, can you send something to my friends? And so I'm like, okay, maybe there's, and the whole other market of supporting people that were athletes and now like they're not an athlete. They just need some guidance. They didn't right. need some help. They're post career. So I think there's a lot of stuff that I could do, but I'm really focused on helping out the kids. Um, obviously our good friend, Scott Williams, he's a, a club coach as well. And so his girls, uh, ACL injuries are huge in, in uh, girl soccer. And so I got to talk to them and it was just fun to answer questions and say, here's a few things you can do. So uh, I think we have information overload in this world and I want to help to filter that. And yeah, the content's a good way for me to test stuff out and see how do I reach people. And I'm hoping eventually to blow it up with some more uh, videos where I'm discussing or some classes where people log into the the virtually on Zoom or whatever it is and to help them. So uh, that's kind of where the heart of all this is at. And hopefully um, it can help my family down the road too that's awesome the it is crazy talking about scott like we've had multiple conversations of like me trying to understand soccer because i'm come from a football background i would the goalie because i was the bigger one i played two season i'm <laughs> i'm not about this you know what i mean so like i've come like the fact that if you're good you don't play high school soccer you play club 
that's how you get all your recognition or this and that. And there's so like, it's way, it's shocking to me. It's so competitive at the younger age, even though it doesn't excel past high school level or like yeah, talent right. wise. Yeah. Um, so having somebody like you who like, like you said, you're not reinventing the wheel. You're just, you're just, you found a, a better road to drive it on. So like what, you are saying and you can help these kids have a little bit of a boost but at the same time like you can't you i know you that you are focusing on their mentally too because being 13 to 18 is a stressful time Mm -hmm. so if you can help with their athletics as well as their mentals like that's awesome so that's why i i know that how hard that can be and it's crazy how stressful it's to even think about college when hey, soccer is such a hard way to get there. The other thing too is like you and I are parents. At some point, our kids will get old enough to play sports. So like, yes, as the athlete, you wanna you wanna do well on the field or on the court or wherever you're playing. But as a parent, we want to give our kids the best. And so if you're not, you know, not not every parent knows the ins and outs of strength conditioning. And so sometimes they see a workout and they say, "Oh, I train with this trainer at the gym. You should train with him." Right. He's a personal trainer, but you should go train with him. And not that a personal trainer can't do it, but then it becomes, okay, are they just working hard and getting these tough workouts and sweating? And it was so grueling because for a kid, that'll be satisfying. When I was a kid, that was in like high school. If I did a hard workout, I didn't really know what I did, but that was a good one. So as a parent, I think parents could also use a guiding light to say, Hey, here's what good training is. You know, here's what's actually measurable. And here's what I can show you results. Or I can show you, look, this program at this point is not working. But maybe it's not just this, you know. Uh, your kid is, you're saying, like, they're sick or they're getting injured a lot. Okay, well, let's forget about training. Let's talk about sleep. Mm-hmm. Like, what's your sleep habit for your kids? Like, when do they go to bed? When do they wake up? Oh, well, they're always falling asleep in first period. Well, what time do they go to bed? You know, what's their bedtime routine? And so I think teaching young men and women who are going up through high school to say, whether you play sports or not, there's a value to learning about high performance and taking care of your body. And I don't have to eat perfect all the time, but like, what am I putting into my body? You know, mm. when I was in high school, you go to Wendy's or you go to Subway and you think Subway, Subway's got healthy options, but you know, I'd get like the barbecue chicken with a bunch of ranch and everything. And I just downed a thousand calories. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, but I went to Subway. My buddies went to Wendy's, but it's not stuff that you always learn in high school. Not everyone takes nutrition or whatever it is. So right. I think there's someone like for parents as well to give them some, almost some confidence. Like my kid is at least doing some of the right things. Where they can learn how to take care of themselves as adults. Where for a lot of us, it's probably trial and error. And we have ups and downs and like in quarantine, you know, I had some struggles where I was like, you know, not eating the right way or not exercising, just not sleeping well. And as soon as I go for a walk every day, I'm like, oh, I feel so much better. And all I'm doing right. is walking. So I think there's so much more to this than just like what you see as far as training and exercise and sweating. So you're right. There's a big mental part to it as well. Man. Well, I'm going to, uh, I know that you have lunch pretty soon and you got to not lunch. It's two o'clock, three o'clock over there. It you, you're eating, <laughs> you're eating. Um, I'm so proud of you for everything you've done. Like I said, your, your social media is on point. You're in Florida. You're you're doing what you need to do to support your family. You're away from your wife, 
your beautiful wife and your beautiful kids that I know FaceTime can only do so much. So just, just like everybody there, I commend you guys for doing that. That would be so hard on me. So, uh, thanks for the chat. This was awesome. Uh, yeah. Hey, let me just say anyone who listens to your podcast, uh, I know I enjoy it. I just think there's so much fun to it. Like whenever I talk to people about who is Henry Waterworth, I just think he is a fun guy where you could sit in a room and talk about anything. If you're going to talk about sports, it's going to be even a better time because you're a sports fanatic. Uh, we won't talk about fantasy football right now. That's a whole different oh, that's a, that's a, You're coming back on. And yes, we'll talk about that. Don't worry. Just got to say to anyone that's listening, it will change your week to listen in week after week. I can't wait till you're like Joe Rogan and you sell your podcast for million dollars on Amazon. But thanks for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks, man. Uh, how about you give out your social for your uh, for Guzman Performance, whatever it is, and then uh, just if they want to contact you or whatever. Yeah, so uh, on Twitter or Instagram, it's Daniel P. Guzman. Um, I have a website that I'll give credit to my wife. She's been working really hard in it too. So I have a website coming out soon just to have more education around proper training and um, – yeah, how you can actually reach your highest level of performance, whatever that is, whether you're an athlete or not. So the website's hopefully dropping soon, but uh, Instagram and Twitter is probably where I'm most active. Perfect, man. Well, thanks again. You were awesome. Uh, keep up the good work. Thanks, man. Talk to you soon. Yeah. Again, that was my great friend, longtime friend from the 805. Man, he's just impressive. To me, I mean, he's one guy that I've always... I loved him so much, but I've always been like, damn, look at what he's doing now. He's doing he's doing something big. I've always appreciated what he's done. Um, with my daughter's scares in the past, he's always been behind me. He's a good dude, all-around good dude. Him and his wife and kids, they're awesome people. Um, I just want to say that I cannot wait for the next upcoming week. Um, we got baseball coming back, and then hopefully basketball, and hopefully hockey we have mls we had um guzman's team the lafc they played la galaxy on saturday for the bubble now for the bubble tournament and it's just exciting sports is coming back it's good you know i'm gonna have more things to talk about um hint we might have another reoccurring guest come back on talk about some football uh, maybe a couple people reoccurring deaths we don't know yet give you a little thing maybe one of them has to deal with the nfl network i don't know i don't know i don't know but uh yeah i'm excited i'm excited not to talk about a whole bunch of non-sports i'm ready to talk about sports get my angels 60 games people i'm gonna tell you this right now 60 games angels have a chance to win the world series i mean i mean the mets do the padres do but the angels we got to our hitters row is nasty if they're pitching it's always been a problem but we've got henny coming up he's kind of started off um i'm very excited for that and then we've got hockey coming back and you know got you got my biggest golden knights we're in the top four so we'll be we'll be sitting chilling until everybody else plays in their games and then we're on to a stanley cup um and then got my raiders coming after that so hey Football's coming around, baseball's coming around, hockey's coming around, um, soccer's been here, NASCAR's 
doing good. My boy Bubba, he's not he's not doing as great as I want him to be. I want him to step it up a little bit. But you know. He'll be fine. I'm I'm waiting for my Bubba Bubba Wallace t shirt to come in. It's gonna be awesome. Um anything else I wanted to say? Um if any of you guys had feedback or anything, let me know. Uh, I had a great time talking to the kids from Mission Prep, Pat, um, Bryce, and Brayden. Um, it was awesome talking to them. I'm going to try to do that a little more. Um, it, it's been fun getting into this. I'm like contacting people, trying to get Nate. I'm, I feel like I'm a real podcast, like setting up interviews, um, doing this for free on my downtime uh, when I'm not being a dad husband or working so um thank you for your support i do appreciate it um this is not work for me this is something i i feel the most comfortable when i'm behind this mic and um i am so thankful for all of you guys that actually listen to the end listen that come on back onto the cadillac ranch with me taking a ride in the cadillac you listen to the cadillac ranch at the end of the song um if that's only two of you that actually is listening all the way through thank you um, this has been an amazing thing for me. I can't wait to start talking sports, what I always wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, I am very excited, everybody. Uh, this is amazing. So thank you for everything. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to say right now. Um, I have, uh, something in the works, what I want to do as a segment for Wednesday. I don't know if I want to do it yet. So maybe look out for another episode on Wednesday, if not, I'll bring another one on Friday. You guys have been awesome. Uh, you ranchers are awesome. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. That's probably kind of dumb. You ranchers. I don't know. Anyways. Um, love who you are with right now. Family, friends, roommates, whoever they be. Be safe. Um, it's a crazy time. Pandemic is coming on back. Whether you believe it or not, it's just be mindful of everybody. Um, it's crazy time again. Like, just we need to stay positive. Um, yeah. And as always, come on back to the Cadillac Rancher here. Oh, well, the well went dry and the cow did too. Daddy didn't know what to do. The banker came by the house one day Said he's gonna take the farm away Then mama came up with a plan Brother and me started up a band Sister put a sign on the roof Daddy bought a case of 90 proof Now we call it the Cadillac Ranch They're parking cars in the old beef patch There's a bar in the barn and the place stays packed Cows come home at Cadillac Ranch Now the only thing that we raise is cane You don't need the sun or rain Just neon lights and some ice cold beer Keeps everything green around here Mama takes the cash at the door Brother and me keep them out on the floor Sister sets them up at the bar Daddy kicks back with a big cigar Now we call it the Cadillac Ranch They're parking cars in the old bee patch There's a bar in the barn and the place stays packed
Cadillac Rain. 